Welcome to Jenny's Uncensored Pennies. I am Jennifer Marie Martinez. And I am Adam Herrera. <laughs> yes, and today we are going to talk about anxiety. I'm not sure what we're calling this episode, but we're talking about anxiety regardless. It makes me anxious talking about anxiety, yes. I know. That's why I asked you if you wanted something to fidget with that wouldn't make noise. Because I know I started sweating. My palms were sweaty. Yeah, why... I don't know why I'm so nervous or like, like why today talking about this? Yeah. Like even my feet are sweating. Like my legs are shaking. (laughs) Are they shaking or are you moving them? No, maybe they're going numb. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Rest your feet on that like thing. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so anxiety for me, when we were brainstorming about this, I said that my, like for me personally, I think that my anxiety is like fear-based, right? So like, where does that fear come from? What is the fear? Uh, and for me, it comes down to, I said survival and I meant like professional, not just professional, right? Like the reputation or whatnot. Um, but also personal, uh, like, I guess the biggest fear is what we both said, failure, right? So professionally for me, um, not so much in like my nine to five, but as my speaking engagements and like reading engagements as an author, it's like, well, if they don't like me, will they invite me back? Am I going to get any more gigs? So yeah, that gives me anxiety. Or who's going to be in the crowd? Am I going to get heckled? Or I don't know, people are going to boo? Are people going to walk out before I'm done talking? Like all of those things go through my head. And then personally, I mean, I guess it just depends on the audience, right? Um, I know a big thing for me is, you know, the, the when you're meeting somebody for the first time, mm-hmm. right? And everybody puts so much pressure on like that first impression. Right. So again, are they going to like me are they going to want me to leave are they going to want to leave oh i don't know like are they going to be rude are they going to think i'm rude yeah (laughs) there's a whole thing i mean it's like fear the unknown or like you're just so caught up in the unknown that it makes like your your thinking foggy and makes like your decision making a little bit maybe unrational or like you just get really manic or yeah it Anxiety can, like, you know, like, just make you do, like, involuntary stuff or, like, out of character, out of pocket. It's, 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 like, really interesting the way it goes through your body. And, like, when you actually focus on it, so, like, in therapy, my therapist will ask me, like, okay, so what part of your body are you, like, feeling the most? Usually it's my breathing or, like, my neck, my back, shoulders. Like, that's where I, I feel it the most. You said my, my neck, my back, and then I always get that song in my head. Oh, boy. Sorry. <laughs> my neck, my back. All right. Okay. Let's not finish it. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, it's just like, you know, you worry about the future. like, And then... Is they, there a future? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like okay. in whatever you're doing. If, if you want to be really deep in like. No, no, no. I don't mean like end of the world type of stuff. I mean like, is there a future in this, whether you're doing a gig. 
Right. You're meeting somebody. Is there a future in that relationship, whether it's a friendship, mm-hmm. um, family, professional relationship, right? Like, where does it, where does it end? Does it keep going? What type of relationship or what is that relationship going to look like, that dynamic? Right. And everybody wants it to be, everyone wants everything to be smooth sailing. Of course. <laughs> and like, usually it does end up being smooth sailing. Or, you know, you kind of like, like you said, survival, like survival mode. You kind of like, you prepare for the worst. Right. right. You kind of like, you go go through these different types of scenarios in your head that like, all right, what's the worst that can happen? Like, but then you also have to like, remember to check in with yourself. Like, I'm okay, you know, I'm safe or somewhat in a safe environment, you know? Yeah. Um, I can't imagine like in front of a thousand people or like, you know, hundreds of people and you're like barely meeting these people for the first time. Like that's, you know, 2000 eyes on you. Right. And I, I can't imagine how nerve wracking that is. Right. Well, but, you kind of do it, too, and when you DJ. Right. Um, but also, like, I, I kind of have a little bit of a, <clears throat> I don't want to say, like, a, I have, like, a, what, what, I, I want to call it, like, a buffer, because people are usually drinking <laughs> when I DJ, right? Yeah, that's true. And, um, but, I mean, you, you can get the best and the worst of people when they drink. Yeah. So, like, there is probably you know, the unknown that I experience, where as you, you know, you're speaking in front of, you know, hundreds of, or no matter if it's a small group or a big group, right, we still kind of feel the same. Yeah, absolutely. You you go go through the same emotions. Um, I don't know about you, but like, like my voice starts to tremble, like when I get Mm -hmm. nervous, like, but, but then like, you kind of get a feel for the people like like you you have to read the crowd as well in public speaking yeah as for me djing you're reading the crowd um seeing if there's any type of movement right like hips feet head swaying um or you know the the occasional woohoo or you know people singing along or something yeah yeah and and that reaction you know kind of like brings down the anxiety right and um but yeah go ahead well no i and i was gonna ask you about like your pre-gig jitters as you call it like when does that start for you when do you start feeling the anxiety Um, before a gig i think maybe about an hour or two before like when I when I know, all right, time to get ready, time to pack up all my stuff, time to, you know, start making my way over way over there. Um, and yeah, like the stuff that goes through my head is like, all right, what if I forget a cord? What if my equipment doesn't work? Um, what if, you know, like, like, I don't know, like, just like walking into the local and, and you see those people like look at you and you're like oh is that the dj is oh that the gosh. dj it's it's really weird like walking in and you bring this equipment and people are like looking at you like hmm he's a dj okay Wait, what's going on what are they yeah. doing if they don't know that a DJ's or, gonna be, yeah I what mean, are they doing what's happening knows? yeah right 
Um, and yeah, like once, once I do finally set everything up, like, all right, do a sound check, just kind of like go through my checklist of the stuff that will limit the amount of anxiety that I have. I mean, it's still there. It's still present. Um, I mean, yeah, like my coping mechanism would probably be to have a beer to kind of relax. Um, but once the gig starts, like kind of get a feel for the crowd, see if there's any type of reaction, like not going to lie, like, like at some gigs, like, you know, like I won't get any interaction right? and other gigs will be more. Yeah. And it's those, like those gigs that I don't get anything or like that I, you know, like maybe my song choice was off or maybe my mood was off. Something was off. I try to learn from it as much as I can. Um, and then just kind of like shake it off and, you know, hopefully they invite me back or like, you know, was it good enough to get another gig there? Right. Right. <clears throat> so... Yeah, I mean, and you, you would tell me, like, hey, you, you've been doing this for, you know, however many years. I, I, I still, every every crowd is different, right? right. Every, every gig is different. You deal with different people. There's a different point of contact, different crowd, different demographic. Um, yeah. I mean, DJing, as the easy part is playing the music, but... I feel like the hardest part is, um, like the stuff keeping the out, crowd engaged outside of that. And yes, yeah, keeping the crowd, the dance floor, like that's the stuff we care about. Yeah. Well, okay. So your anxiety starts pretty much when you start packing all of your stuff. Do you notice if it gets, if it increases at any given point? And when do you notice that it starts coming down? Um, like, there's like this weird change in the vibe. And it's very, it's like very distinct. And I'll try my next gig when, when you're with me. I'll let you know when it happens. To like pay attention to that yeah, switch. Yeah, like when it kind of switches over. Honestly, I don't know if it's if it's like the amount of alcohol that people are having or that you have that I have or <laughs> I mean maybe the song choice, maybe it was like a maybe a request came in and I played it and like this little group or this little section of people just went nuts and you know brought people onto the dance floor, right? Mm-hmm. Um that's all it takes. And like like all right. So like I kind of go based off of you know, that genre or like that type of song. All right, maybe this will work. Maybe that will work. And um, yeah, I I mean, it, it, it's very, I mean, it, it, it's, it's come, it's came like, I don't know, like I, through experience, right? Like doing DJ gigs as much as like, you know, I, I try to be as observant as possible. And um, yeah, it, my anxiety is still there, but, you know, like my coping me- mechanisms and you, uh, my family, 
people that I know uh, make me more comfortable, right? If it's like a group full of strangers, then I don't know if I'll feel comfortable. It, I don't know. Like, it's just different. Yeah, you just got to push through it. As opposed yeah. to when people you know care about you are there, mm-hmm. you know, regardless, like they're there to support you. Mm-hmm. You can do no wrong. I, yeah. I well, when I'm, I mean, when I'm there, which is most of the time that you have a gig, if there's like an abrupt change in into the next song, I'm like, whoa, what, what happened? And then you give me that look, like, oops. <laughs> yeah, like, and people, I don't know. Um, but it's not like for me, it's not like. I'm just like, oh, wow, like somebody must have requested something else. And there was like no way like you felt pressure to make that change or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, and, man. OK. OK. And now, yeah, now we're it, moving it, on. And it's so weird. There's like a like a shift in the energy, maybe. Or like it was just maybe like an off song. And that that is like one of the like the biggest hurdles that we experience as DJs is when you get a request that like, bro, like this song you really you want this song like, and like you heard what i've been playing and you want me to go to this now yeah 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 and like the worst thing that you want to do is make you know a customer or um actually it's even worse when it's like the the people that in you know hired you right, right? like i had um someone come up to me and they they like blatantly said like hey you know, can you play some more white people music? Like, low-key. What? Yeah, and I was playing, like, Mexican and, you know, Latino and R&B and hip-hop. And, like, and I had someone, I was like, yeah, can you play more white people music? I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah, what does like, that what, mean? What, what, what is white people music? <laughs> like, what? I don't know. Like, and I was just kind of, like, really thrown off about, you know, that request. Or, like, it was just, like, really... Um, yeah, I don't know how to react. I didn't know how to react. So, I don't remember what I played. Like, I... I <laughs> like, no, like, like literally, like, I... I don't know if, if it was, like, I blacked out or, like, because of that re- that request, it, it just threw me off. And, like, I, I think I played, like, something more R&B-ish than, like, the Latino, right? Right. Because I was, like, in that kind of... Okay, so let's just go back that to English section. language. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I just went back to English language. Exactly. And that's probably what, you know, what ended up happening. And, yeah, I... Man. Dang. Where was I when that happened? Um, no, I think you were there. I, I think you were there. But, I mean, anyways. Like, I don't know. I don't it, know. It, it was just like the... I don't know. It was like a double-edged sword. Well, and then know? that right there, I mean, that would give me... If somebody tells me that, that would give me a certain type of anxiety. Like, Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, like, I don't know how to respond. How do you feel about me being a person of color out here? Like, do you think that I'm just playing what I want you, I want to play? Like, yeah. I, yeah, all sorts of things would run through my head. I mean, head. come on. Like, the last gig, I, I was playing... I'm a Bobby girl in yeah. the Bobby world. Like, like that's something I wouldn't play. Right. But people loved it. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I I played everything, right? Like I've I've played rock. I played I played hip hop. I all play anything like dubstep or sometimes they'll want me to play metal or I don't know. Like it, 
it honestly just everyone has a different experience with DJs. Right. right? And um, it, it just depends on what type of day and like what type of what type of occasion, you know, you, you catch them in. Yeah. So that that it, I mean, it's a lot of unknowns. So that's your anxiety is the un- fear of unknown or at least in the <coughs> excuse me in your professional yeah in the professional world it's like the anxiety of all the unknowns all the things that could go wrong possibly yeah and like even with streaming like you know I I live stream on you know the radio station you don't know who's watching yeah like you don't know who's there's trolls all over the internet. They're going like to jump can, in the chat and start saying... You could literally be anyone, right? And, like, that's, like... that. I still... I get anxiety from streaming. Because mm. I'm on camera. Like, the spotlight's on me. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Even even though, like, I've, I've been doing it for so long. Like, it's already coming up almost a year. Um, next March. Uh, yeah, I, I still get like nervous i still get anxious like you don't know you yeah you don't know like what what to expect when on some level i think that having that anxiety kind of show up is a good thing because it shows that you care i i I think or maybe that's just what i tell myself yeah (laughs) right like yeah yeah i worry about it so much because i really care about what i'm doing yeah and And i want to keep doing it for sure like it's it, it's very brave of us right. because we you know we we're introverted you know we we don't like being I, at least for me speaking for me you know I don't like being in the spotlight I don't like um, speaking in front of people like yesterday on the str- on stream like I, I was telling Ross um, one another DJ on the radio radio station he it took him twenty five years to get comfortable. Oh my gosh! On a mic, probably more, but like he he's like yeah I'm so introverted like I I still struggle, yeah, um, and I mean, like you you see us on the chat like they're drinking you know like it's like that whole DJ world yeah it's like we love sharing people, you know our passion for music, but also most of us don't like being on the mic or on camera. Right. Or like we like being, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, we but I mean but then again, like being a DJ is pretty brave. Yeah. Because you you are showing people your Your skill set, your, your talent. The, the skill set, the talent, the, the art the art in it. Yeah. Right? Artistry. And um yeah, it it's a tough world, man. <laughs> <laughs> What about in your, like, personal life? Like, what kind of things give you anxiety? Um, I mean, I, I feel like it was inherited. What? <laughs> like, cultural inheritance, um... I feel like well my mom has anxiety and I feel like I feel like there's such thing as you know passing it down to your children okay um she was anxious through the pregnancy stuff like that oh okay gotcha um 
but like when then your mom too she's a she's a singer in a band so again, she, in front of a bunch of people, using her talent, whatever. So she's been singing since she was like three. Yeah. And she even went like on a TV show. She sang with Debbie, my aunt Debbie. Um, I mean, she's been doing it for so long, and finally, like, you know, after my mom and dad split up, like, she started picking up singing. Mm-hmm. Um, she started, you know, putting herself out there. And. Uh, yeah, like, I I don't know. Like, I feel anxious about maybe, you know, like, I, I used to feel really anxious about, like, where I was in life, what I was going to do for a career, mm-hmm. you know, like, there, like financial anxiety. Like, mm-hmm. I always have that. Um, actually, so, like, I get a lot of anxiety living in Santa Barbara, believe it or not. Gee, well, yeah, I don't blame you. And, um... But yeah, it, I mean, it, I, I just feel like it, it's just that type of community where it's, it's very artificial. Superficial. Um, superficial. Yes, yeah. thank you. Artificial. Um, well, maybe some parts are artificial on people, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> very true. <laughs> Hair, nails, teeth. Yeah. Boobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lips, eyebrows. Mm, eyelashes. Eye. Yeah, who knows? Anyways, um, but yeah, like I, I mean, it being such a small town and, uh, me growing up in Santa Barbara, like, you know, I worked in places where, you know, like the community presence was very strong. Like I I worked in a gym, I worked in like public services, like I worked at Zotos, I worked at, you know, where you work, like I worked there. Um, and like throughout the years like you just start seeing the same people mm-hmm. in the same places and, yeah you know my mom and dad being so embedded in the community as well yeah like everyone knows each other yeah like, i see someone that i know almost every day right besides going to work you know i i'll see someone that you know i haven't seen maybe in a month it's just it's there right yeah <clears throat> so yeah like Social anxiety. I get that. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm very introverted. It's not that I hate people. Sometimes I do. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not that I, you know, hate people. Obviously, like I, I love talking to people, but I, I do. And I'm gonna use hate. I do hate small talk. Mm. I don't like it. I feel like it's very um, robotic and like. Um, generic well and disingenuine mm-hmm. you know like you're just saying like hey what's up dude like how's it going nobody how, really cares how, yeah well it's not that nobody really cares it, it's just kind of like well i'm going this way you know like i my or my friends are over there or my family is over there like yeah i you know i, I just want to wrap up the conversation just to kind of move on like yeah i'm not going to stay here to to chat and like talk about my life right with that with those people but um but yeah like I, I i'm the type of person that likes to have like genuine deep conversation or like right you know like but with people that i i care to have those type of conversations right right so um yeah i mean i don't know like they're and 
I, I told my therapist this and shocker, but um, probably the one, one of the main reasons I date outside of Santa Barbara. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. Kind of, yeah. no? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, like, uh, my ex-girlfriend was, you know, from up north, mm-hmm. Northern Cal. Um, my ex before that, it was long distance, but, you know, she lived in another state. She was in college. We were, we were both in college, but, but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't do it consciously Mm -hmm. right it just kind of happens like it's not like i'm oh yeah i need to find a girl outside so i could have a reason to leave right (laughs) okay yeah kind yeah like that and that's and that's why like i grew grew for the love of driving um it's because i I like you know being alone and with the car full you know loud music and it's kind of like my meditation you know, kind of like my decompress. Yeah. And that's what I've been practicing a lot to help minimize my anxiety. Okay. Is to learn how to like decompress, breathe, um, you know, kind of check in with myself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, not, not, not get so wrapped up in the what ifs and yeah, the, sh- the shit I did three years ago. Oh, gosh. What did I say? <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Or like when you wake up in the middle of the night, like, where the hell is that damn shirt? Like, <laughs> yeah, shoot. I'll be in the shower and then all of a sudden it's like I'm in third grade or whatever cringy moment. And I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? That was so dumb. Yeah. And I'm like, and why? I, I still have those moments. Literally. Like, for, like okay, well, like what? And I, I, <laughs> I asked myself, like, what, what, why am I thinking about that? What I think about, yeah, and and I for me I think it's the whole like I know I know that I know that I know that I've grown and I've changed From and that one person right that I'm not friend, that right? person anymore whoever yeah wherever mm-hmm. I was in life and whoever I was at that point and then there's like that other part of me that's like but did I really or am am I still the same and I think like. And your core, I think the good parts, right, quote unquote, the good parts, I I think are still the same, like the parts that, you know, there's still like a little bit of innocence in regards to certain things there. Um, my sense of, you know, connection, wanting to build connections and all of that, like genuine connections and how mm-hmm. important that is to me. I think that that's most definitely there. Um, and so it's like, I'm afraid that like I, I it's like my body my brain whatever just reminds me of like this stupid thing that I did or this like mean thing that I did to somebody or said to somebody and I'm like oh my gosh I don't want to be that and I and it like gets me and then you know maybe I'm put in a situation where maybe I show up the same or I don't or whatever I don't know but all of that that gives me for sure does it make you feel like like ugh, like it gives you like that feeling yeah, of like, like kind of like, curling up in a ball and like oh like what? Yeah, absolutely. It's like your, your body rejects it still. <laughs> For sure, and I'm like, why, 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 why? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I know. For me, like before a gig, if I'm going to do a reading or if I'm gonna 
share my story live in front of people. It's like from the moment I'm getting my stuff ready, I'm, I'm anxious, right? And so I try to do those like visual, visual, visualization mm-hmm. um, exercises, right? Where I try to visualize the audience who's going to be there. I don't know. And the, <laughs> that's the thing you're talking about, the unknowns, and that mm-hmm. gives you anxiety. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a real thing. Right. And so I practice like picturing what I'm going to wear. What will the room look like? Who's going to be there? What what am I going to say? What do I want? What's the message that I'm going to convey? And I always, always, always start out by saying I'm a person that has anxiety and I just put it out there so that they know if I'm fidgeting, my voice is cracking, like this is why. Mm -hmm. And I also feel that that right there helps the audience. Icebreaker. Well, right, an icebreaker, and also lets the the people know that I'm a person. Like, I'm just a person, whether they paid me, whether I'm a grown-up and their kids or whatever, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm just a person, I'm very human, mm-hmm. and this is a very real thing. Um, obviously, I use different words depending on who I'm talking to, right? Mm-hmm. But I always have to do an exercise, do a run or something before... A gig and I mean I've gotten up at like 3 30 in the morning so that I can make sure I get a workout you know get ready and leave the house to be wherever I need to be in ample time yeah um and then that gives me anxiety right going to bed and like oh my gosh what if I what if I sleep through my alarm I really need to do my workout mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? like all of that just the preparation yeah and it's the whole Gosh, I don't want I don't want to offend somebody. I don't want my message to be twisted by somebody misconstrued, you know. Right. Um, and even and I think even in doing this, right? It's like that voice saying like, "What is the point of everything that you're saying? Like, just get to the point or whatever." You know, that whole my inner monologue can be very mean, <laughs> and it's like. And it just comes down to the fear that, like, nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit about you. Like, nobody cares what you have to say. It doesn't matter. Like, you don't matter. Like, that, that's the anxiety. And maybe that's, I don't know, some other mental health. <laughs> Something else is going on with me. I don't know. But that's definitely, you know, like, just giving you a look into my very dark mind. Like, those are some of the things that I hear in, in yeah. my I mean, those are anxious legit, mode. Those are legit thoughts. Like, I mean, you might say that they're um, like the worst possible thoughts. But, oh, yeah. But, I mean, they're they're valid in, you know, to you. Like, I mean, one of their... I mean, they're valid to you, but the, you're not validating them. Right. And, right? It, and it just goes to show that they're definitely what I was saying in the beginning, that like my anxiety, I believe, is fear-based. Yeah. It's that fear. I know even with Jacob, like I get an anxiety about my parenting, right? Or the times when he's gone to school, like one time he went to school and they had asked him, oh, did you eat today, Jacob? always eats breakfast the kid gets breakfast in bed for crying out loud and this was elementary school and it was like kinder or first grade and he said no that he hadn't eaten i don't know why he said that so then they like brought him a 
a cafeteria, breakfast, whatever. When this kid takes lunch to school, he like took a few bites and we got a bill and I was like, what is this? And then come to find out there, he's like, oh yeah, well they gave me breakfast because I told him I hadn't eaten. It's like, what? And my mind just went to the worst case scenario, like, dang, they sent this kid to school with no food, you know, with the empty stomach or whatever. And, you know, I understand also that that's a privilege that we have, that I am able to feed my child as a, like, minimal basic need that I'm able to provide. I understand that there are parents that aren't able to do that. And I I also acknowledge that there are kids that do go to school so that they can eat, Mm -hmm. right? But for me, just hearing, like, well, you have to pay this because you sent your kid to school without food or whatever. And I was like, what? I promise. I did. I fed him or I sent him with lunch or whatever it is. Like, don't think I'm a bad mom. Like, yeah, that gives me a lot of anxiety. (laughs) And then I'll even be like, Jacob, why? You know, like just upset because it's like, I do my best to prepare you and I gave you all the things and you didn't use them. What? What is what is going on? And then and then I worry like, man, what do I have to be there feeding him or what? <laughs> so my mind just goes to like all these different things of like, am I preparing you or my my son? Am I do, am I preparing him or I, or am I doing a disservice by doing so much for him? Mm-hmm. Right. And so then there's that whole anxiety with that. But yeah, like. And then yeah. the the other big thing personally for me is, again, like the whole first impression or like even, you know, I'm going to say even with you, like, dang, is he still going to like me? Does he still like, does he like me for me? <laughs> and I know I may not come across that way, but also I think that in my anxiety, I can come off as cold sometimes because I'm afraid of something right like I'm afraid that maybe you don't you don't like me that day or whatever it is or you're not gonna like me tomorrow I feel like anxiety is like very like it it's like a it's like a a, an overprotective partner Mm. right and like like you said right there, it, it's like you're you have anxiety, but it, it's all it's also like being it's guarding you, right? And you automatically put up, you know, a barrier or or something, you know, to protect yourself, right? Right. So, yeah, man, that that partner can be very <laughs> abusive, and um, it's I mean, obviously, it's not fair to us, or but like we have you know we we find some way to you know coincide with it and um i guess practice and learn to learn ways to like uh i don't know like make it manageable yeah like what what are your coping or what what's your self care well i would say again definitely like exercise whether it's my I switch off uh cardio whether it's running or jumping on the trampoline uh and then strength training for sure uh long showers 
what you give me crap for, but I like my long showers. Uh, like I'm scolding hot. <laughs> 20 minutes. And minimum. then and then only when I have to wash my hair. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of hair. I know. Uh, venting, for sure. Right? Um, or just talking out whatever it is. Like those worst case scenarios. Talking it out. And, th- and I think that's why when I see you going through it, I try to talk to you and kind of reassure you, right? Like, hey, you've done this before. It's going to be okay. You always kill it. You're good at what you do, like whatever. And I'm not I'm not in, I'm not just saying those things to try to like cheer you on or whatever. Like I'm telling you because I mean it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm being sincere. I'm it's not I'm not I I hope you know I'm not one to like sugarcoat bullshit cuz I hate that i'm not here yeah. for the fluff or whatever yeah, no. i hope this email finds you well no this is what i need this is my message this is how the email found me <laughs> <laughs> yes no like just get to the point everybody's time is you know like yeah so anyway just to say that like when i say something is because i mean it right like yeah and and i'm hoping that it that you hear me that you actually hear me and you take it in. And I can tell when you're just like, yeah, whatever. Well, sometimes it, it like, I'm, I'm, you know, we're the same. Like, like, we get anxiety. Sometimes I do hear it and sometimes I don't. Like, just Yeah, your brutally, voices are too loud. Yeah. Your like, inner monologue. It's already here in my ear and, <laughs> and there's an other voice, like, coming from outside. It's like, it, it might get in, it might not. Um... Yeah. But no, I, I, I know that. Like, Well, and then also the visualization. For me, again, like trying to visualize what am I going to wear? Yeah. What am I going to say? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, preparing. Right. Limits your anxiety, right? Practicing, Being, yeah. Practicing, preparing, um, making sure that, all right, if, if this goes bad, I have this to kind of like back it up right right? um and yeah just experience like it it limits your anxiety and like like i have i told you about the offer that i got from that big hotel yeah and oh did you I, i i responded and i'm just waiting for their confirmation if they they liked my proposal proposal um but then again, that like I, I get anxiety over that because that, that's like a huge deal. Yeah, it's a big one. That's like, exciting. It's an, it's I'm all, excited. It's an all staff party. Yeah. Right. And I mean, they they loved me last time. I did yeah. when I did their Christmas gig. But but then again, like you don't you never know what you're gonna get. And like, but but me trying to limit my anxiety, like I asked them like what to expect. Yeah. Like what what do I need to bring? You know, pre- prepare, right? right? And kind of like prepare for the unknown because I've had way too many gigs where I think it's one thing, but it's actually another thing. Uh, yeah. And that is some bullshit. P- p- people, please don't do that. Please disclose everything you need from a DJ. Sometimes like, you don't need a DJ. You need what? A sound engineer. A sound engineer. You need a speaker. <laughs> Those are two you, different things. <laughs> you need a speaker and an aux cord, and that's all you need. <laughs> Jeez, that was horrible. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But yeah, like the unknown. Like we're, we're 
Yeah, and walking in. and talking about you know sending out a proposal and getting the anxiety about that, and, and I know that I struggle with this too. Is like we know our worth. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, we do. However, what is it about like asking people for money? Like that to, we're scared about. Right. Well, and it's like, because you're always like, well, what if they don't, what if they don't want to pay me that much? And it's like, okay, yeah. However, then you're setting the bar of like what you will do it. You know, like you're you're asking for this, and then and then now you you've uh, you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna ask for this, but in my mind, I'm not gonna take more than this because people always come back and say, well, most of the time, right, like. They'll come back and say, well, it wasn't... They'll do, they'll do a count offer. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's sales, man. Like, like you... And, well, when you're selling a service, like, I, I don't know. It, with me and, like, the, the specific one that I'm, I'm selling, DJing, like, you don't want to take the chance of overshooting it. So that's why, like, I try to get as much information as I can. Right. So I can, like, all right, well, they need this for me. Or, like... Yeah, how, and then you can give a people, breakdown justifying... That's how many people, that's how many yeah. um, hours I'm going to be playing, right. right? So I go based off of those those things. So, like, okay, like, this sounds good. And, yeah, they might counter offer, maybe. Yeah. If not, like, worst, like, worst case they don't want to hire me right okay or they counter offer really low yeah right and i'm i'm like oh well screw it's not that. worth it yeah. right yeah it's not worth it um but it's also like fuck, fuck like i'm losing an opportunity for money right like yeah and it it can be easy money but also like then again like i'm like i after every gig, like, I'm just, like, exhausted, like, socially and mentally because I'm just, like, thinking on the fly, right? But, but yeah, like, I... <laughs> well, and then you're giving, like, you're giving up your time. Yeah, that That's too. time you could be doing... On a weekday. The... <laughs> or a weekend or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, it's like you're, you're making a sacrifice to do this job. And, and I mean, not not gonna lie, like I, I absolutely love doing this side gig. Like I, it, it is like one of the best things that, you know, COVID made me do it. Like, yeah. Right. And um, I was just thinking about that, you know, a little like literally like ten minutes ago. Like, holy shit! Like all this, like my DJing, your public speaking, your book, like all this came from COVID. But like. But also, I, f I feel like we were, like, so <laughs> anxious in that moment of COVID that we're, like, oh, shit. Like, what? Okay, so maybe I'll pick this up. Yeah. Maybe I'll do this. Like, maybe, like, we, we I feel like I, well, for me specifically, like, I, I feel like I kept DJing kind of, like, in the back burner. Yeah. Right? And it never, like, came in to fruition or, like, like, I never had, like, a... A monthly gig right? right i did gigs here and there but there wasn't as much consistency right as it has been lately like not and also like i'm, I'm very thankful for it but like damn like like we're 
you know, we're doing it. Yeah. Right. Um, but then again, like, come with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> okay, Spider-Man. It's, it's like, you know, like the more, the more opportunities are like the more I'm putting myself out there. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just like trying, I, I get anxious thinking about it, but, but also like I'm trying to, um, cope and, you know, work through my anxiety of, you know, putting myself in the light. Right. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm a hermit. Like I like being under my rock. Yeah. And hiding. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right then. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, um, coping. Are we we good with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the only thing that I. Um, I guess haven't touched on is the whole like for me I get huge anxiety when I have to implement boundaries with people mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you sending out a proposal mm-hmm. right you're like this is what I'm asking for this is what I need and then you're waiting to see is that person going to acknowledge mm-hmm. is that person going to respect what I said you know, is that person going to hear me? Is that person going to think that I matter enough? That my skill, my time, my whatever is valuable enough, you know, to hire me to do this? Except you're not getting paid. <laughs> right? When you're setting a boundary with, with somebody. And it's kind of like you said earlier with the whole like anxiety is... um you didn't say dark passenger, but I don't know why Dexter came to mind. And it was like the dark passenger. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But it was like, oh, shit. right? Like you're talking about how like anxiety is like a protector. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. And so I feel that I get a lot of anxiety when I'm implementing boundaries with people. Um, and it's like, why? When what I'm doing by setting that boundary is what? Practicing self-respect and self-love? Well, it's because we don't know how the fuck they're going to respond. Or right. like how, the, how they'll react and like if they get offended or like if they take it personal or like... But also like... It, it also... I think we're more likely to set a boundary with someone that we're like acquaintances or like, you know, not, I don't know, not really good friends or maybe on a professional basis. That like it's easier to it, do? I it? think it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. Like way more easier yeah. than it is to set a boundary with someone you love, care about, or that is like always around or like in your circle, basically. Right. Yeah. Like a family member. A family member. Because like, it's family. Like you never they're gonna you're gonna run into them at a function or mm-hmm. whatever it is mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to deal with them yeah <laughs> absolutely and so for me again with the whole my belief that anxiety is fear-based i think in those situations the fear the dragon if you will that i need to slay is the fear that that person that i love that i also have to protect myself from in in some sort sort of way Mm -hmm. right um that they if they don't respect that boundary then 
that means they don't love me. They don't care. And therefore, like, I don't matter to them. And that, like, that's what makes it so hard for me to, you know, just, like, do it with with confidence. I mean, I still do it, Mm -hmm. but I very much need, like, that buddy system, if you will, right? Where it's, like, depending on the situation, but let's say, I don't know, it's a friend or something, then I'm going to tell you, oh, I'm going to have this conversation with this person, and this is what I'm going to say, and blah, blah, blah. And so now you're my buddy, even though I'm not, you're not going to be there when that conversation happens, Mm -hmm. but you know, and you, like I told you what I was going to say, and then I implement, and then I report back and tell you like how it went. And so now you're my buddy. So if that person comes back to you and says whatever, then you already know like my side and you can either stay out of it or you could just say, well, maybe this or whatever, like kind of being neutral but also saying well I see it both ways kind of a thing so then I Mm -hmm. know like I have somebody that has my back so to speak right in in this of like why I took that position or whatever I don't know does that make sense yeah um that's a lot to digest I know and (laughs) and you know what and that's something that we can talk about more in our next episode which will be about that um what practicing self-respect and self-love by implementing boundaries yeah so that's uh, a big one too that's a big conversation yeah i thought we're gonna go through it right now i was like damn no no let's do it to our episode then no no (laughs) (laughs) to be continued people (laughs) yes so be sure to look for that episode and until next time where can they find you uh at dj adam herrera on on instagram sorry uh and yeah or yeah instagram sorry okay yeah (laughs) yeah and you can find me on instagram at jenny's underscore pennies so until next time remember your voice matters you are capable you are livable you are deserving you are enough peace out y'all